Honors was definitely an out of comfort zone type of thing, which, uh, yeah, entrepreneurship was my choice specifically because I didn't know anything about it. I was like, I have no clue, uh, but it would be nice to know. Yeah, there was a funny moment in my interview for the board. They asked me how much time I had to uh, dedicate or how much time I had spared to dedicate to the board. And I said, I'm pretty busy. I think I have stable four hours a week to do it. But if need be, I can stretch up to 20. And they were like, his range is four to 20. Right now, you can maybe move to the to the part of the um, you being study member of EMCS faculty council. What's that? What's that indeed? I feel like nobody knows that we exist. Hello everyone, my name is Jacob and this is UT Journeys. Amazing new series when we sit with inspiring students to talk about their lives, motivation, and most importantly, how you can enhance your study journey. In this first episode, we will talk with Marko Vasilenko, third-year technical computer science student from Ukraine. I was always amazed how Marco could balance between being a board member of ESN, finishing honors program, working part-time at El Niño, and many more that you will hear in the moment. Enjoy. Hi, Marco. Thank you for joining. And let's get to the first question. What is ESN and what were you doing there? All right, jumping right in. Um, ESN is a student organization. It started in the Netherlands uh, about 30 years ago. Um, it's meant to support student mobility. So students moving around to study in different countries, student going in exchange, students just studying internationally for the entirety of their study. Since its inception, uh, there's been sections, there are sections emerged all over Europe and surrounding area. There are quite a few in Turkey as well. Um, there are some outside of the European continent. There are 18 sections in the Netherlands, um, each attached to some major university or some covering multiple universities in one city. And ESN Twente is uh, the one that started at the UT, uh, pretty much the year of uh, the year when ESN was founded. Uh, the original board actually met in Enschede. Uh, I don't know if it was at the UT grounds uh, or not. But uh, the idea originated from the, I think from the U20 International Student Organization, although I, you'll have to fact check me on that. Um, no worries. Right. Um, but yeah, so ESN20 has been around for ages. Uh, yeah, and uh, in the modern day, I guess, ESN uh, mostly receives exchange students, as far as the Netherlands go, uh, organizes events uh, from like fun to well-being to information uh, to sometimes career-related things. Um, yeah. Sounds sounds really good. And uh, what you've done there as a board? Right. So uh, the board is comprised of students and my position was the external affairs commissioner. So I handled the commercial partnerships of the association or organization, I guess. We're not an association. Okay, nice. So... Uh but uh, for example, outside of the board, there I understand that you also have some some kind of the committees, <coughs> or, or so, don't you? The committee game in recent years of VSN Twente was pretty weak. Um, we found that participation was not super high, although we still managed to consistently have a uh, PR committee. I don't know if that was its official name. Uh, the PR committee that supported the communications manager, uh, mostly in creating content for our social media. 
making sure it's, it gets published uh, timely. And we've always had a, uh, a crew, like volunteer crew, that's pretty stable that helps us out on the events. So whether helps bring supplies or helps uh, lead people to the right direction, check tickets, all that sort of stuff. Okay, cool. And uh, for example, getting to, like I, I heard about a lot of parties that you've done. That was also cool. Do, do you have any mind like any any the ones that you, uh, un unforgettable? The highlight of my year was definitely the uh, retro glow party. I think that was what we call it. Um, the music uh, musical theme was pretty basic. It was just retro, so like it's what you would hear at any club on the Thursday evening. But uh, there was the glow theme, which meant people were white and. Uh, there were black lights and whatnot, so it looked really pretty. Again, not a very rare thing to see, but somehow just the atmosphere was really good in the moment. The party went on for a pretty long time. Uh, I think everybody had a pretty good time. Yeah, it was definitely the highlight. I don't know what about it, but it was nice. Okay, I see, I see. And uh, for example, uh, if someone would be interested in participating in it, in the board and so, uh, to whom would you like advise it to? On any ESN matters, I think the board is the uh, entity to be approached. They will start recruiting sometime soon, uh, I hope, uh, because finding a board is typically uh, it's pretty a long it's a pretty long process, and you want to take your time with the candidates. So you can always approach the ESN board. Uh, there is board at esn20.nl, uh, but you can also find them at the events and say that you're interested, and they'll probably invite you to be an active member, and then you can see around. Um, shoot your shot, helping out a bit and see board the board more closely and how they work and what they do. Mm -hmm. And if you decide that it's a suitable thing for you, it's, I'm sure they will be polling for active members' uh, interest in the coming board uh, in the next year. Nice. And like, how do you define active member in this sense? Active member in sense of ESN is pretty loose. Um, for me, it's somebody who's either in the committee or helping out at the events. Mm -hmm. And the help can be can range from just being there and doing the logistics, doing the stuff sort of on the ground, to maybe helping plan a day trip or just finding a few uh, interesting destinations in the city. Cool, cool. And uh, going back a little to the board, uh, what what uh, what positions there for the board? Oh God, I'm pressured to remember? name them in constitutional order. <laughs> um, so there's the president. It's mm -hmm. what most associations, I'd say, would call chairman. Um, uh, that position is mostly sort of the leader of the board that is meant to keep steady direction. But also they often double as what's called a local representative. So ESN is a network and we gather together to dis uh, discuss things and to synchronize our plans to share experience. And local representatives uh, facilitate their process. So they meet... With within each other, local representatives of different sections meet more often than other board members of different sections and exchange things or plan events together. Um, after that, there is, of course, the secretary. Um, as far as associations go, it's a pretty consistent role. It works the same everywhere. You keep track of things. Um, you read a lot of email. I think you send a lot of email. I've never been secretary, so mm. uh, it's kind of hard to tell. But yeah, you keep time, you keep minutes. Um, after that, there is the fun bit for me, which was external affairs. You get to talk to a lot of people, do a lot of networking, um, write up contracts, which was very interesting. Uh, evaluate contracts from your predecessors, see if you can extend them, see if they still make sense for the strategy of the association. And you work closely with the treasurer, who is uh, the man on the money. Um, and the uh, 
the, the job of the board is to spend money on the events. The job of the treasurer is to not let the board spend the money. And the board, the role of the external affairs is to make sure that money is there in the first place. Okay. All right. So that's the kind of collaboration that you have with the treasurer. <coughs> After that, there is the communications manager and the events manager, uh, or what we call an activity coordinator, uh, the events manager. Uh, those are two separate, separate roles, but sections sometimes have them combined. Um, I think they're pretty self-explanatory. The communications manager yeah. manages the public communication, so mostly social media. Although some sections have a, a very active LinkedIn. Um, and the events manager, well, manages the events. Um, and they are typically in charge of the active members who are the crew, who are helping out at the event. So they make sure to inform them properly. Um, apart from that, we have a funky position that is integration officer. For a long time, has been undefined, or like the the role fluctuated. Um, two years, two or three years ago, the integration officer, at the time called the housing officer, rather appropriately, advocated for uh, the container houses because there was a massive housing crisis, also related to Corona, around the well in the whole of the Netherlands, really, but in Enschede in particular. And uh, yeah, they advocated for a few housing programs, including uh, the container houses outside of campus. That was pretty cool. Uh, right now, the integration officer is in, char in charge of the kicking committee, or uh, sorry, no, uh, completely not true. In charge of the buddy committee. Uh -huh. um, buddy used to be a committee of student union, hence the confusion with the kicking. Um, but the buddy program has been taken over by ESN in the last year during my board turn, um, which was pretty interesting. Uh, was uh, we had to pick up a lot of stuff that's not been done in a few years, I guess. And right now, the integrations officer main focus is this process, so the body program. Nice, nice. I need to I need to say that amazing thing about it, it is it is that you're getting so much experience, and also it is uh, part time, from what I understand. It is part time, which has its benefits and has its challenges. You definitely get a lot of experience in managing time and juggling multiple responsibilities because your study is full time, for most people. Uh, but the part time board is. I would say fairly demanding. You don't get to take time off your study to do it, mm -hmm. um, but you still have the work. And at times it's quite a lot of urgent things. So you will need to spend a bit more than your time in some weeks and a bit less than your time in other weeks. And balancing that is a, is a tricky bit, but I think it's a valuable experience. It's definitely been a valuable experience for me. Yeah, yeah, we'll need to definitely talk about it. For sure. Uh, but uh, for example, for the board side, uh, how much time investment do you think it is usually per week uh, for people to like, you know? Yeah, there was a funny moment in my interview for the board. They asked me how much time I had to uh, dedicate or how much time I had spared to dedicate to the board. And I said, I'm pretty busy. I think I have stable four hours a week to do it. But if need be, I can stretch up to 20. And they were like, his range is four to 20. And... Um, it was really funny, and they literally wrote on the minutes of the interviews, like, what the hell is he talking about? But that's how it ended up being. Um, I'd say the time is not very stable, and you can, for a part-time board, you can often put in what you have. And what you'll soon find is there is no limit to how much you can do. Mm -hmm. I guess there is a limit to how little you can do. And the bare minimum is very doable. So if you have a tough time at your studies, you usually can hit snooze on a few things, like put some things on pause. As a partnership manager or as external affairs commissioner that I was, um, oftentimes it's pretty doable. You would just say, if you clearly communicate to the partners that you are interacting with at the moment that you have some delays and you will get back to them in a week, 
I feel like there is always the understanding of that, especially from a student association. They usually don't even expect that kind of communication, so that goes a long way. So you can definitely shuffle around your responsibilities to fit your time. But you can do more, and it will yield more results, mm-hmm. which can get a little bit addicting. So that's that's something you should balance. Okay, nice, nice. Okay, I think we can we can right now move to the to the next part. Uh, in the inter introduction form, you mentioned about the story when you sus- needed to sustain yourself financially. Can you elaborate on that? In my second year, so I come from Ukraine, um, and it's. Uh, been a bit of a tough time in my second year because we've been invaded. Uh, so my family found itself in a very tricky financial position. I kept studying here but couldn't really receive financial support. Uh, so I had a pressure of uh, becoming financially self-sustainable. I was meaning to become like gradually become financially self-sustainable throughout my studies. But that was the moment of hardship where you're like, all right, you have half a year to figure it out. Um And I could probably pull it off otherwise, but it would be pretty tricky if I didn't have a stable income to sustain myself. So I think that summer, that summer I just ended up going for a full-time job at a factory in Oldenzaal, mm-hmm. um, which was really cool that they took me in the first place because it's a like it's an old Dutch company, and uh, they took me as an international, which was really nice. Uh, it was a fun experience. Uh, it's not related to my career at all, I'd say. But I did definitely get some experience handling the tools and mm-hmm. planning out the sort of industrial uh, processes on a fairly small scale, and it was a it was a nice team. It was a good experience. Full um, time. Full time. Full time throughout the summer. Ah, uh, for okay, okay. Throughout the, the summer. summer. Okay, okay, yeah. Right, and when I got back to studies, I quit that for a little bit uh, in the hope for getting a TA position at the UT. And I talked to uh, the module coordinator of module two, Tom van Dijk. He was uh, actually pretty confident about me being a suitable candidate. I'm like, all right, I'll apply and we see how it goes. But then, um, in the middle of that, a board member of mine, actually, Niles, the chairman in my year, referred me to his company that he worked at. Uh, it's called El Nino Digital Development. It's a web development or, yeah, I guess, digital development company, mostly focusing on web Uh, so contract work, a client comes into us and we're like, okay, we have this application or we have this problem that we need solved. And we're like, all right, so this is our design. And then we start the whole Scrum process uh, for those who know what Scrum is. So we mm-hmm. have frequent meetings with them and we try to get their requirements clear and uh, we implement a piece of software for them. Um, so Niles referred me to the company and I've never had a tech job that is regular before. I did some gigs for web design. Um but never a an employment. It was more of a freelance type of thing. So I was thinking that's pretty new, but it could be very interesting. Um, I actually, there was, there was a two-round process and there was an interview and an assignment, sort of an evaluation thing, and the interview went really well. Um, they were really nice. Um, and I think I did well in representing uh, what I, like how I can be valuable to the company. The assignment in my evaluation went pretty horribly. I, I think I completely bombed it. In the in effect, they didn't think that. Um, it was okay. Um, I had to build an app in a fairly short amount of time, but the app was pretty simple. And afterwards, I sent them a follow-up email. I remember being like really frustrated and talking to my housemates about it and be like, oh, maybe just follow up and reflect on it a little bit so they know how you feel about it. Like the worst case scenario, they wouldn't take you anyway if it's too bad. But if, they, if you're just there on the edge and 
that bit of humility can pull you through maybe do that so i'm like okay guys i know like i thought that it didn't go that well and these are the things i think i'll do differently next time i don't know if that worked or something else worked but they took me and i was really really happy they took me for a a uh, part-time position as a web developer and I didn't really know the technology stack they were working with so they just gave me a few weeks to figure it out and soon after I was working for a client. Um, overall it's been a bit over a year now. It's been very fulfilling. I've definitely learned a lot in terms of my career. I feel very confident tackling uh, jobs in tech right now. I feel like a lot of positions I come across I could pull off. Um, yeah, it's been immensely valuable. I uh, if anybody wants to, we are hiring, so. <laughs> good, really good. Well, so uh, s all of the time speaking with you, because, you know, we are on the same uh, year at TCS, I was always, like, really amazed that, you know, you, you were balancing so, so many things. And, like, how you've done it? Jesus, man, skip sleep, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> no. Um, well... In my second year, as I said, this, this story went, I had a bit of a necessity to balance it out that way. I also did a, well, what some would consider a mistake, but I think in the end it was more of a happy accident of starting a board year, a part-time board year, with a part-time job and keeping my full-time study. Don't know why I did that. Um, turned out okay. Uh, I would not recommend it to anybody. I think it turned out okay in a uh, big part because of luck. But uh, the balance bit, I don't think I ever figured it out. Um, <laughs> I think it is valuable to have a focus at each moment. So even though you do a lot of things, um, you have one thing that you make sure to get right, um, which can save you from the sense of frustration of getting nothing right. Needless to say, if you do a lot of things, you cannot just stick to one and then completely ne neglect the others because then why are you doing them in the first place? But I feel like you can context switch a little bit. And that pulled me through. Okay, so you don't believe in multitasking? I cannot do multitasking. Uh, not necessarily don't believe in it. I guess there are people who can do it. Um, but yeah, my, my approach was, okay, there's a bit of a critical time for the board. Let me push off studying for my exams a little bit. Or like, this is a deadline at work that I really need to get right. Uh, let me tell the board that I need to be away for a little bit. And that kind of worked. Um, also, you know, eat, sleep, exercise, mm -hmm. uh, very important things. If you don't got your health, I don't think you can uh, build much productivity. Yes, 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 I completely agree. And uh, here also, how did you structure your study during this time? Did you use some techniques or, uh, I don't know, planned it in specific ways or? Oh God, okay, the first module, it was module five. Um, I think a lot of computer science students recall that being a fairly busy module or one that had some arcane things that may were not uh, explained that much but required a lot of attention. Um, so I wanted to wing that one. <laughs> um, oh, just to mention, I followed an honors program at the same time as well, yeah, also with you. Yeah, let's not forget this. <laughs> right, let's not forget this. Um, first module I tried winging it um, spoiler alert did not work um, I think I ended up spending most time with the board because that was the newest thing for me and I was like I need to figure this out so I was just constantly in, in the ESN office basically full time I was studying there half the time but my mind was not there really mm -hmm. so 
I I don't want to say I barely passed module five because I passed it pretty well, but it was definitely on the tricky side because I didn't have my concentration fully on it. So next module was just easier. So it took some time to reorganize. One thing that really helped me was to... Um, so the problem I struggled with was saying yes to tasks very easily or taking initiatives on tasks, which is not a bad thing. Initiative is good. But um, at some point, obviously, my agenda would fill up. Well, that's a problem. I didn't know that my agenda would fill up. I would just say yes to a bunch of things and I would have all of them kept track of, but I didn't realize that it was too much to do. So I guess one habit, if you're asking me for systems or for techniques, one habit that I employed is anytime I say yes to a task, I need to block it out, at least estimate it in my calendar. Mm-hmm. So have an idea of when I do it. And I don't have to do it then. I just have to, even if I don't know where, when I'm going to do it, I'm just going to put a block at a random free space. Just so I know how busy my week is. Because some weeks I counted back and they had well over 40 or like even way well over 60 hours during the week uh, of work. And that was not okay because I obviously didn't get all of that work done because it was too much. Um, so that was one thing, uh, block everything in the calendar to realize how much time it takes. Okay. Nice. I, I need to tell that, uh, this thing is really needed for me right now because I, I need to also l- learn to, to saying no. Uh, but you mentioned the honors track, honors track in entrepreneurship. How did you like it? Yes. Um, it was interesting. In retrospect, honors is one of the nicest things for networking at BUT, I'd argue. Um, Honors was how I got into ESN, which is how I got into my job. Mm -hmm. Um, Honors was also how I got into the Occam uh, Study Association, which is also a really cool community. I think it's a really nice hub of people who, um, especially bachelor honors, tend to be people who are in their first year and they're kind of looking around to do more things. Mm which selects for a very particular breed um, of people who like got a lot of initiative, um, probably are doing okay at their studies so they have some flexibility and maybe free time so that they're, they're not like having to constantly catch up with their exams. It's a nice hang. Um, the program itself uh, was nice. I think in retrospect, entrepreneurship might not have been the most suitable track for me. Why? Um, I just talked to people from other tracks and... Um, philosophy and mathematics at this point striked a little bit more of my interest. Honors was definitely an out-of-comfort zone type of thing, which, uh, yeah, entrepreneurship was my choice specifically because I didn't know anything about it. I was like, I have no clue, uh, but it would be nice to know. And I definitely learned a lot because uh, almost none of the things mentioned in the program I've really had experience before. I had some... My parents are marketing uh, professionals, Mm -hmm. so they... I guess our dinner conversation was structured sometimes around similar topics, but the approach that Martin Sinstra, our uh, primary lecturer in the business entrepreneurship track, took was quite different. So it was a lot of fun to learn about those things. Um, It was a lot of fun to go out there and try and ideate a startup and try to take it through the early stages, as we in the end ended up doing with you. I think it went pretty okay. Um, Yeah, it was, uh, I definitely learned a lot. it was a fair amount of stress at times, especially towards the end. Um, but I think it's a really cool experience. Honors is yeah, is definitely a way to broaden your scope of knowledge and meet people. Nice. I remember one uh, one assignment that we had in particular. It was the rejection assignment. 
Can you remind me actually? I don't think I so remember. So we uh, we needed to go somewhere and got free rejections, free random things, and and then like people start coming and just st- talking about like, their stories. Ah, that was just you're just going somewhere and with asking someone thing that they for sure will say no to. And many times when people start telling about it, it was out of the mind things that people agreed on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, have, you, have you done it? Like, oh yeah, 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 I've done it. I've done it. I did not remember that being uh, the rejection assignment. To see, t- I saw it as uh, the negative of that. I saw that as the uh, acceptance uh, assignment because how much can you put yourself out there before somebody accepts your weird proposition, right? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, that w- yeah, that's definitely one of the things that I guess you don't really study, but you just kind of do. And that's one one of the main things for me in honors. I don't know if that is goes for all the tracks, but entrepreneurship specifically really push you to get out there and do the thing, like down on the ground. Um, and yeah, indeed, as you said, it's crazy what you can do by just pure persistence. And you then add a little bit of strategy to it, and you're on your way. Amazing. Uh, well, going uh, going further, uh, you mentioned Occam. Uh, you're in committee there, aren't you? Occam is cool, man. Um, the committee in Occam that I'm participating in is the partnerships, so external affairs committee. Uh, sorry, maybe let's let's get back a little. Uh, Occam is the uh, is the study association of honors programs. That's right. Yes, Occam is the Honor Study Association. It's also similar to ESN, part of the network of honors associations in the Netherlands, which is a pretty cool hang as well. Um, specifically, Occam uh, in Twente for the honors program. It's a pretty small association, as the honors program is pretty small, but the community is really tight. A lot of honors uh, students are members of the association, and a lot of the members are active. Um, so the committees are pretty developed. Um, there is always somebody in the boardroom, whether it's board or active members or people who used to do honors or alumni. Um, yeah, I'm personally mostly involved with the external affairs committee. Uh, so similar thing to what I did in my board year. And uh, we uh, de- we are dealing with more commercial partnerships than in ESN, which is pretty cool. So the companies that are interested in study associations would be very different than companies interested in sort of social groups like ESN is. So yeah, that's a new edge to my experience. But uh, I definitely encourage anybody who is in honors to check out Ocom. It can't hurt. It's a great community and it will provide you with a lot of resource and network, if anything. Why do you have so, such a eagerness to, to external com- committees? I think it was just kind of easy. Uh, in my external affairs time at the ESN Twente, I've met other people who did board. Um, a lot of them did external affairs. We had some mutual trust, I guess. We had some exchange of experience. Because a lot of us were doing it for the first time, we had no idea what we were doing. Um, so after the year has concluded, um, Ocom actually didn't manage to find an external affairs commissioner for the next year. And the external affairs commissioner in that year reached out to me like, oh, do you want to apply? And I'm like, I'm not doing another part-time board year after this. Like, this has been a cool experience, but I think it was enough for now. Um, but there was also the committee that was pretty developed, and he offered me the backup option of, could you at least maybe chair the committee because you have the relevant experience and with not too much effort, you could lead them well. So... 
that was that was my main motivation for picking up that committee because I could do the external affairs work, which I really liked, but in a smaller way with a bit less time commitment, a bit less responsibility. Okay, okay. Sounds really good. Sounds really good. Uh, right now, we can maybe move to the to the part of the um, you being study member of EMCS faculty council. What's that? What's that indeed? I feel like nobody knows that we exist. Um, okay, quick shout. Uh, the UT has a student representation system that is at the top comprised of the university council. So those are people who are in direct contact with the executive board, which is the sort of top-level managing body of the university. They help define a lot of financial policy, a lot of, well, just policy, policy uh, of the university, and they represent the interests of students. I am not very certain if there is also an employee board, but I bet there is on the central level. And then each faculty has a similar structure. So each faculty, unless there are exceptions for where there are no parties, but I think, I think there aren't any, has a party of student members, and also employee members. That's called a faculty council, and they are in contact with the faculty board. The faculty board makes decisions, but the faculty council has certain rights to influence them. So they have to approve the financial plans or approve the policy decisions, um, and that's what we do. Uh, so we represent, well, as student members, the interests of students best we can, and as the employee members, the interests of employees, so researchers and lecturers best we can. And we have those meetings that are, uh, well, at the very least, around three every six weeks. But we also have meetings within smaller groups where we students and employees talk about some things that the faculty board is doing. And, yeah, we exercise our roles in either advising them on them or maybe approving or disapproving or consenting to some decisions. And how did you get there? How? In yeah, um... I honestly don't know how I was uh, recruited into that. Oh, um, <laughs> honors. <laughs> uh. No, it all goes back to honors. I really think it does. Um, a An honors alumna introduced me to, well, the concept of the student governments at the UT in the first place. But uh, then she also wanted to recruit me into Eureka, which is the student party that I am a part of as a member of the faculty council. Um, I had some ambition to go for the uni council, but it ended up being quite a big time commitment and I wanted to unload myself a little bit for this year. Mm. So an alternative that yeah seemed very presentable was uh, the faculty council. So from there, I got in touch with the faculty council people. I went to an interest event. Um, a few of the people there I actually knew already. Uh, it's funny how you go to places and the active people are always the same. It seems like all the same people are in all the places. Um, but yeah, uh, and then there was a campaign, and then actually I barely got in, uh, because I didn't campaign very hard, I don't think. Um, or I told a few people to not vote for me, um, because I uh, didn't see if it was fair if um, just my friend network in the EMCS votes a for me. Campaign? Can you explain how uh, like it an works. election campaign. So our campaign was uh, it was pretty funny. Uh, we had our a f uh, party shirts party is not the disco but uh, the political party um, 
And we were just out on the lunch breaks talking to people like, have you voted yet? Eureka is running for EMC. Vote me. I numbered that on the list. You know what I mean? Um, it was very awkward at times. That was really the extent of the rejection assignment. Oh, yeah. That was rejection assignments 2.0. Um, especially with the people who's like, have you voted yet? And I was like, I'm not a member of a faculty. I'm like, oh, sorry. Um, but yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, coming up to people, handing out flyers. Um, I think I, early on, I also did it in my computer science class and I was universally hated for that. It was like, all right, <laughs> listen, everybody, there is this election thing going, please vote. But it went okay. Uh, the turn up this year was actually pretty good. So it, we must have campaigned well. <laughs> But, you know, everything went good, so... Uh, and for whom would you uh, advise it? For example, for the next years? I'm halfway through my term, so I don't know how w well I am in the position to really advise on it yet. I don't think I have it figured out myself. Um, generally, I would say if you care about what the UT or the faculty that you are part of does, it's a very valuable thing. You get a little bit more of an insight about how decisions are taken. Um, you can prepare yourself better for certain things just personally, but you can also understand better why the UT does what it does. And if you think you have something to say about it, that is the place to do it. Okay, so last question is, uh, can you give us a, like last words of uh, advice to UT students, maybe especially TCS? Right, there's definitely a lot to advise. Um, I think my advice will apply to a specific group of people, because I'm just talking from my perspective, but um, a big feature at DUT is you can be very active and it's very easy to get sucked into it. So my advice on balancing that versus, for example, your study, especially if you have some pressure to finish your study on time or you just want to finish your study on time, you don't want to neglect uh, your study or postpone it to be active as a student, is to do precisely that. You just um, concentrate your study in, for example, your first year. So you make sure your study is down, you have the solid base. I've mentioned before that uh, TCS uh, first year is very foundational. And then second year goes deeper on specific topics, which is where it gets fun if you have the foundation. And if you don't have the foundation, it's just really frustrating because you have to learn the basics while you are already learning the advanced thing. That's not great. Um, so if you really uh, focus in your first year and you make sure you can still be pretty active if uh, if your time allows, if you have some spare time if you're finding some things easier but I'd say first year really drill in on your study and if you got that solid base especially module 2 like programming base like uh, the software design because you will be designing software all throughout your bachelors so you need to have that base um, and generally working in a project group like get all of those get the most out of all of those experiences that will help you through a second year and hopefully in the second year you will just have more freedom to have more fun because you don't have to reset modules. The topics are deeper, but they're also more, they're narrower. So in a way I found second year almost easier, even though the topics were more difficult because I could concentrate on something and I can really get a grasp of it within the module. And if you have that base from uh, first year, it, you also have more free time because now you don't have to catch up to a bunch of stuff. So you can start becoming active at the UT and joining the student initiatives, joining everything. So that's step two. Uh, once you are good with your studies, uh, go for activity. I feel like activism is one of the most valuable things at the UT. There are so many things that are fairly easy to get into. The barriers are low. Um, the experience you get is really valuable. Um, yeah, 
any advice on uh, when it comes to advice on getting into things in the first place i'd say join communities honors i mentioned before is a really good community uh, above all it's a great program but the community to me was was really where the value has been um and once you join a few communities you also see that it's all the same people showing up to things and if you know all of those people who are constantly showing up to things then it's easier to get into to easier to know what's up what boards are looking for members next year or what interesting projects there are that people can recommend you get into if they seem to fit your profile of interest right so my gist is join communities they are your gateway to doing things that are interesting to joining things um i guess you still cannot join there is so much to do at the UT. you cannot join everything um i think that i came around to very recently uh, to be a little more critical about what you're joining and what you're not joining is to consider is it valuable for you and what what value does it create for you specifically i specifically considered that at the end of my board year because i was doing 50 different things and at some point i realized like maybe some of those were not as valuable and maybe i could have at least postponed them or maybe committed a bit less to them or maybe at least made clear to the people involved that okay that is my second sort of secondary thing and I will not commit the majority of my time to it. All right, so consider what value you are getting from it, what value you are contributing, so what are they looking for? Especially for a board, they will tell you what they're looking for, and they'll probably only take the people they're looking for, but it's nice to reflect on what do you think you bring to the table. So that's number two. And then third is, um, can you do it? Do you have enough time? Do you have sufficient resources to pull it off? Here you can fall into this trap of oh I don't have enough experience. That was I was thinking about that. I've never uh, done a commercial contract before I joined ESN Twente as the external affairs commissioner, and I was really scared about it. And I actually procrastinated in my board year, board year uh, for a long time, reaching out to partners because I did not know how the process was going to look. Don't. Um, <laughs> if you join a board, you'll soon find that nobody has a clue. Uh, about what they're doing except for people who've done it before which is not all the people it's fine you will have your first experience like that and that's that's all right um, you will figure it out so experience lack of experience should not hold you back but do consider the amount of time you have the amount of commitment you want to contribute to your study uh, so do you want to pass everything in three years and you maybe are kind of struggling with some things in second year then concentrate on that so it's really important to be in resource um don't sacrifice your sleep there's definitely something i've done a lot and it was not to my benefit um yeah so to recap three things what's the value for you really make sure it's worth it then what do you bring to the table um how do you know you're valuable there because it's also very important to feel valuable and valued and can you do it do you are you in a position to do it do you have enough time and don't worry about the experience just get into it you'll figure it out and there's going to be plenty of support yeah that, that would be my that is the gist of my advice to incoming students wonderful advice thank you lot i think people will really really get it to them yeah thanks i i really hope everybody can enjoy what this uni has to offer i think it's amazing the vibrant community of volunteers and like the amount of support and the ease with which you no know, given that you've been around for a little bit with which you get to find out ab about things and get to join things is incredible. Uh it's almost more difficult at some point to not join things than to join things. 
So yeah, I, I hope everybody coming in here can manage to use it to their advantage and have a good time and contribute to the community. Thank you a lot, Marco. Thank you for having me. It's been an honor. Uh, there's tradition on our podcast that uh, each guest is singing the jingle in the end. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, what's your jingle? Can uh, we do harmony? Never gonna give you up. All right, let's do it. <clears throat> never gonna give you up. Never gonna let you down. Never gonna turn around and hurt you. Never gonna... I don't know. <laughs> never gonna Ooh. say goodbye. Never gonna... T- Tell a line, desert you. Do, 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 do. Oh man, <laughs> that was good. That was good. Nice. That was, okay, <laughs> so that, that was a jingle.